announced the creation of a new information operations technical training school. The first command simply must arm our airmen to outthink, outperform, outpartner, outinnovate any potential adversary. Air Force Basic Military Training has an updated curriculum with a new focus on readiness and lethality. The first command, the Air Force starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Air Force Starts Here podcast. I'm your host for this professional development podcast, Captain Keishel Trudell from the AATC Public Affairs team. As you know, this podcast is dedicated to bringing total force, big A airmen, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from the recruiting, training, and education worlds. In this podcast, we are discussing the legacy of Four Chaplains Day, commemorated each year on February 3rd, and how today our Chaplain Corps remains dedicated to the resiliency of all airmen. If you don't know the Four Chaplains Day story, it is celebrated each year in honor of, you guessed it, four heroic chaplains who gave their lives in service to others. On February 3, 1943, the SS Dorchester, a passenger steamship, was struck by a German submarine torpedo 150 miles off the shore of Greenland. 900 service members, merchants, and civilian workers were on board the ship, and it began to sink quickly. Four U.S. Army chaplains on board, Lieutenant George Fox, Lieutenant Alexander Good, Lieutenant John Washington, and Lieutenant Clark Poling, were able to keep calm in the chaos. They showcased bravery and selflessness in their acts before perishing with the ship. The chaplains were of diverse backgrounds, but minister, rabbi, and priest alike, these four men cared for others more than anyone could have thought possible. They gave hope to the 233 survivors who awaited rescue. Today, our Chaplain's Corps remains committed to the well-being of airmen from all faith backgrounds and to no faith background at all. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, our Chaplain's Corps and Religious Affairs Airmen are here as a resource and offer hope to all airmen, no matter their needs or their stage of life. Awesome. Welcome, listeners. We're so glad to have you here today, uh, February 3rd, a date that you might not know to be something that we celebrate here. But we've got three people here with us today, two chaplains, um, one from the 58th Special Operations Wing at Kirkland in, in New Mexico, and then one of the three... 36th training group there at Fairchild, part of the, the SEER program. And then we've also got a family member of someone who was actually um, part of the historical moment that we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, so thanks for joining us. And without further ado, we're going to tell you a little bit about why February 3rd matters. So uh, Miss Lynn Chickering is here with us today. Ma'am, what are we going to be talking about? We are going to be talking about the sinking of the USAT door tester off of the coast of Greenland on February 3rd, 1943, and how four chaplains that were on board that ship gave up their life vests and gave up their lives at the same time. There were 904 people on board that ship. There were 230 survivors. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Wow. Okay. So you said back um, in 1943. That was a long time ago. Why is this not more well known, do you think? It was very well known up until like the mid 50s, early 60s. And as I think that generation died off, the story being passed on didn't, didn't keep it being passed on. So it's not necessarily in the history books. It's, it's just not a very well known story unless you're within the Chaplain Corps of the United States military. 
Well, luckily we've got two chaplains here with us. So um, I'll go ahead and let you guys tell us a little bit about what the story means to you, what four chaplains, uh, how you learned about it and why you think it's important that we continue to celebrate this every February 3rd. Uh, Chaplain Schutzius here. Uh, I am stationed at Fairchild up at the 330 training group with the uh, US Air Force SEER school. The, uh, the story really first came on my radar when I went through tech school and uh, basic chaplain's course, and we were just sort of uh, told the, uh, the story about what each chaplain did uh, on, the, uh, on the Dorchester. Their faith background was, was of particular interest because you had a rabbi, you had a Catholic priest, and then two Protestant um, ministers. So they had different, you know, worldviews, different perspectives, and yet they all still chose to help people the same way. Uh, it was uh, it was really kind of a, a driving point for why I became a chaplain, really to help people um, to uh, to reach across those those worldviews, regardless of your belief system, and and to really help people through through dark parts of life, and. It was uh, it was kind of one of those moments where I, I, I sat back one day and thought, wow, you know, this is this is exactly what uh, what I signed up for. And it's really interesting that today the uh, the chaplain core motto or vision, so to speak, is to care for more or to care for airmen more than anyone thinks possible. And I think that that story really epitomizes that statement. So I think it fits beautifully with where we are as a chaplain core right now as well. Yeah, when it comes to four chaplains giving up their life vests and their lives um, during the sinking of a ship that was hit by um, a torpedo, I mean, really, that that's living to that that's that vision and that statement that you just said. So, I, I can't believe that this is something that uh, actually was what inspired you to be a chaplain. So that's really really cool. How about you, uh, Chaplain Barner? Yeah, so it's uh, Chaplain Brett Barner here at uh, Kirtland uh, with the 58th South. Um, you know, with the four chaplains, uh, I think chaplains in general, uh, we exist in the antithesis of what we are supposed to discuss publicly today, you know, religion and politics. And here, yet yeah, here we are. Um, and this idea that of being able to work together uh, through setting aside dogma, uh, setting aside um, personal opinions to come together and work uh, uh, with one cause in mind. And that uh, it's really uh, set aside for, um, through mutual respect uh, for one another. And uh, something that's becoming so rare today, uh, but uh, that mutual respect that we have uh, with the chapel team uh, working together uh, in one uh, vision, uh, like Mark was saying, uh, to care for airmen more than anyone thought possible. Uh, that really is, you know, the idea, I guess, of what the four chaplains mean for the chaplain corps. They put it into action. Ms. Chickering, how does uh, this this make you feel? I know that you've got some family personal ties to the, the story of the sinking um, of the Dorchester and uh, hearing these two chaplain stories and, and what it means to them, how does it make you feel? It's awesome. Um, when I first heard the story and first became involved with the Four Chaplains Memorial Foundation, I had no clue what military chaplains did. Um, my experience to chaplains were in a hospital setting and what these guys do are very, very different. And it's totally inspiring to hear their stories and, and their love of their fellow soldier, airmen or seamen. It's just incredible to, to listen to them. And the fact that they put so much um, stock in what those four chaplains did 
is, is just amazing to me. And just the selfless service, the courage and the strength that it takes to do their job, even in, not just then, but today is, is just amazing. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I really uh, appreciate all that our Chaplains Corps does. And um, like you said, you know, you didn't really have any frame of reference for what chaplains do these days. So can uh, either of you guys share what it is that the Chaplain Corps does? I know that um, Chaplain Barner, you've got a little bit of Army background and Air Force. Um, so yeah, let's speak to both sides. What kind of resources do you provide? What is it that um, airmen and military members and families can really look to you guys for? Yeah, so uh, my background comes, I originally started out in my chaplain journey uh, in, the, uh, uh, in, the, in the Army, uh, deploying multiple deployments, infantry, special operations, and then just uh, switched over to the Air Force here in 2019. Um, you know, all jokes aside, uh, you know, it's, I love being able to work with all service members and their families, uh, soldiers, airmen, um, sailors, Marines, all of them. Uh, it's just incredible to see what they do on the day-to-day -day and to be there in support. Um, one of the things that we do as chaplains uh, is, you know, focusing on our resiliency efforts. Um, and I know in terms of uh, the, you know, the chaplain mission set from the Air Force is that inspiring of readiness and being ready and being prepared. Um, a lot of times taking care of people's spiritual needs is a unique challenge because the nature of spirituality is found in the identity and individuality of every person, right? Uh, and to me, spirituality drives beyond the labels we often give ourselves. And so it's the most you that you are. And so we have to take care of each person. And it's best served when we're able to uh, be there with others, to be there where people are and to meet them where they are at. Uh, and that's where the chaplain, you know, chaps come in, where we're able to take care of you. And uh, that spirituality of you being the most you that you are taking care of you and, and being able to uh, provide you with resources, tools, and opportunities for you to take care of yourself as well. Um, when we look at the complete airman fitness model, the physical, psychological, social, uh, and spiritual you know, pillars, uh, a little biased, but I, I feel that spirituality piece is such an important part because it's that glue or that sinew that ties it all together, that works it all together and um, and they all kind of function along those same properties, but taking care of our spirituality is such an incredible, uh, incredibly important element that uh, often we don't have that intentionality behind. Um, I know Marcus Aurelius uh, once said that the soul becomes dyed with the color of its thoughts. And that goes to show that the interconnectivity of how we think is ends up becoming who we are. It's our identity. And so that's where we end up coming into play. We're in the people business. Uh, we take care of people. And uh, while we have, um, we also have a unique opportunity to in having 100% um, confidentiality in uh, providing that, uh, I think Chaplain Schutze has had a great description of it and being, describing it as the safest place in the DOD is uh, talking to a chaplain. Um, it's the only office that has that level of confidentiality. We treat it with the utmost respect um, providing an empathetic ear to listen, uh, providing guidance, advice, giving resources. Um, and I know a lot of times chaplains are viewed as that box in the wall that says break in case of emergency, you know, uh, which is partially true. Uh, we, you know, we, uh, we're trained in crisis counseling, uh, but it's also great when we're able to uh, take the better approach and work with people in the preventative care uh, before the emergency. 
And so a lot of times life will throw us curveballs that we don't quite expect. I think 2020 is a good example of that. And when we have that, when and things are taken away from us or our normal ways that we take care of ourselves are no longer there. Um, how do you take care of yourself going forward? And that's where a chaplain can come in as kind of like a spiritual fitness coach to guide, to mentor, and to uh, provide resources uh, for others. That's awesome. I think, you know, one question that some of our, our listeners might have is, you know, what if, what if I come from a different faith background than the chaplain that works at my unit? Or, you know, uh, my spiritual background is, you know, different than someone that is, you know, close to me. So how do they go about that? Can they still feel comfortable coming to you guys? Yes, Chaplain Schutz is here. Absolutely. Uh, that's one of the, uh, the beautiful things that a chaplain offers, you know, is a lot of times, I think, unfortunately, we, we stereotype chaplains as to think that, you know, you have to have a, a religious worldview to go talk to one, but uh, it, it, it doesn't matter what, what faith background you have, or if you have no faith background at all. Uh, we step into that space, and we're willing to, uh, to help you through whatever it is that you're dealing with. And we may not be professionally trained in your particular faith background, but if you need help, you know, one of the things that we, we always pride ourselves in is being able to provide for, you know, so if someone comes to me from a, a, a different faith background that I'm not uh, particularly familiar with, I can definitely put them in touch with someone else who would be able to help them walk through that space. So uh, it, it's, it's a great starting place to just step into the office and sit down and start having the conversation and just remove any of the the stigmas or, you know, the, the misconceptions that you may have, uh, you know, about a chaplain that you see on a regular basis. And I think one of the cool things about the story or about this particular historical incident, like I said before, is that all four of these chaplains, you know, they had different worldviews. They had uh, different perspectives on life, afterlife, all of those things. And yet that wasn't a factor when it came to helping people, right? If you read the story, they were helping anybody and everybody. Uh, they, they didn't, you know, distinguish between a, a, a soldier or a person, you know, when they handed them a life jacket, their question wasn't, do you believe this, you know, when, 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 when you take this life jacket, that wasn't at the forefront of their, uh, of their minds. It was, how can I help this person through this? And that's really what a chaplain does, you know, in a lot of ways, um, you know, that five minute conversation could be a figurative life jacket that keeps your head above water, right? You know, we step into that space with you. We, we sit down, we talk, you, you get to vent, you get stuff off your chest, whether it's just screaming, cussing, yelling, throw things. We don't take it personal, right? We're there to listen. And sometimes it deflates five pounds out of the tire to keep it from blowing up and it keeps you going. Um, one of the things I like to tell people all the time is if your heart isn't right, your head isn't right you know, and sometimes it's just a conversation and just getting stuff off your chest that people carry with them all the time. And, you know, removing those, those fears of barriers and, and misconceptions is huge to just starting that conversation with someone, especially a chaplain, just sitting down and, and just getting that stuff out in the open. And uh, a lot of times that'll give you some breathing room to keep going. And Ms. Chickering, what, what would you say? I know that uh, you said your grandfather was a, a survivor from being on that. So with uh, what these chaplains are describing here about how they are able to help airmen today, um, you know, what do you think his experience was on that ship and, and seeing them lead in that way, that selfless service and um, keeping calm and such uncertainty and, and, and helping people get through that situation? I really think that 
it, it, they were such an inspiration, not just for my grandfather, but for everyone that witnessed um, their selfless service and their dying. Um, it, the, the Dorchester sunk within 20, 25 minutes of being hit by the torpedo. And while that was such a quick act, many men spent, well, my grandfather spent seven and a half hours in a donut raft waiting to be rescued. Um, and you're in the North Atlantic, you're 150 miles off the coast of Greenland. So it's, it's pretty cold. And I think seeing their actions gave them the strength, not just my grandfather, but gave those that, those that were able to survive the strength to keep moving and, and to continue to wait for rescue. Um, I don't think that many of those would have survived if they had not seen, uh, been a firsthand witness to their actions. Uh, they may not have been able to hear what they were saying, um, such as, you know, swim away from the ship, you know, jump out as far as you can go, you have to get away from the propeller, you know, uh, just guiding these men. And by the way, there was one female on board the ship as well, uh, you know, just telling them what they needed to do to give them the best opportunity to survive. Um, I, I think they touched many, many, many more lives than they ever would have would have if they'd actually made it to Greenland. And they were able to give the support um, up until the time of the sinking and long after that they very much needed, that everyone very much needed at the time. This really is such a, a compelling story. And, and just uh, having these two chaplains on the line with us, I, I know that there have been airmen out there that you probably were thinking that they had a sinking ship and you've been, a, been able to help many people, whether it's um, you know family members or active duty members. And um, so this is just a, a great time for us to take a moment today uh, and realize that February 3rd is, is a day about these four chaplains that sacrificed their lives and that we have chaplains today, every day that are going into combat with, with teams and, and being that rock. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, Ms. Chickering with you saying that the, the, the service that they did and the sacrifice that they made being that courage that helps those that survive to survive. Um, we've got both of these chap chaplain Barner and chopper, uh, chaplain, Schutzius to continue to do that for our airmen today. So thank you everyone for, for this uh, conversation about today and, and what we need to remember. Do you guys have any last things that you want to bring to our um, listeners' attention about what this day means to you? So uh, one of the things I love about the story, and it just stuck out really to me, was the moment where uh, one of the soldiers was went back to his uh, room to go get his gloves. And one of the chaplains said, no, here, take mine. And he gave him his gloves and said, hey, I have an extra pair uh, to kind of give him the excuse to go ahead and take them. Um, and that stuck out to me because it feels so much of like what we do in the day to day when you see chaplains coming in and stopping in to give, uh, you know, coffee, um, you know, donuts, burritos. When we're popping into your workspace and interrupting your workspace, uh, we're trying to connect and we're trying to connect to you. Uh, and, and to build some trust uh, and to, for you to connect to us. Uh, that way, you know, you know that you have someone in your corner that's rooting for you, that has your back. And uh, even in the small things, uh, you know, that's our intent is to, is to just make a connection and to build that trust out. And so I think that really stuck out to me as, far, as part of the, um, 
the story that's mm -hmm. seen in the day-to-day -day actions uh, of our chapel corps, our chaplains, as well as our religious affairs airmen. The small things become the big things, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I would add this, this chaplain shoots is here. I would say, I know a lot of people are, are dealing with a lot of stuff. 2020 is hard. We've, we've all had teleworking issues and family issues and relationship issues and just, just counseling trends across the DOD. We can see that people are hurting. Um, one of the things that I like to, to try to remind airmen up here before they go into resistance training and that is that your greatest enemy is hopelessness. Um, the second you become hopeless, uh, your enemy has won. And as chaplains, we're here to, to help give you hope, you know, to point you towards something that's going to continue to give you strength. And it's only hopeless if you give up, you know, and I know a lot of people are hurting, they're struggling with maybe even questions of suicide, things like that. And if, if that's the case, you know, there's always hope. There's always someone who is, who is willing to step into that dark space with you to help you through that and to be an ear, to be a shoulder, whatever we can do um, to, to offer that sense of hope. So, so know that there are people that, that genuinely care and within the chaplain corps, that's why, we, that's why we raised our hand. That's why we put on the uniform is, is to help people through that and to be that sense of hope that people desperately need right now, probably more than ever. So I would just add that. Ms. Chickering, anything from you or, or your family or uh, wise words to our listeners out there? I think I would just have to say that if you're ever in any need or if you ever doubt that the chaplains can help you, uh, don't second guess it. Just make an appointment or just walk, knock on the door and walk in and go talk to them. They're not gonna hold anything against you. It's all confidential and just go. Um, one of the things that I've noticed about the chaplain course, especially as they work as a team, is they can't help you themselves, they'll find somebody that can. And, and just, you know, just have the courage and, and the bravery to go see them and talk to them. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to, to kind of sum it up that the, the four chaplains that, that went down with the sinking of the Doychester, uh, the bravery that they showed to give their life for others um, is the same bravery that airmen need to have for themselves uh, to, to go ahead and take that step to, to seek help. So um, I think that we all here encourage anyone that, that needs to talk to someone or that knows an airman that they want to uh, share these resources with and let them know that there is someone there. Um, just never forget that your chaplains are on your side. So thank you so much to all three of you for joining us today and, and letting our audience know about the, the great perks that you guys offer and, and the, the, the hand that you'll always be willing to, to offer to airmen to pull them up. And um, let us never forget February 3rd, for Chaplain's Day, um, 1943, through the rest of history because our chaplain corps isn't going anywhere. So thank you, you guys so much. Appreciate your time. Thank, thank you. you. Absolutely. Thank you. We appreciate your subscribe, stream, and download. As a reminder, you can follow our Air Education and Training Command and the ATC Command Team on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. You can also catch up on the latest news across the command on our website at aatc.af.mil. From the entire ATC Public Affairs Team, I'm Captain Kaychelle Trudell. Talk with you next time on The Air Force Starts Here.